0: Welcome to A Better Choice Podcast brought to you by ABC Pregnancy Resource Center right here in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where we're going to get to the heart of the matter. I'm Becky Girola, Executive Director. And I'm Marietta Laughlin, the all things girl. And we are so glad to have you joining with us today. Welcome to A Better Choice Podcast. We are so excited to have you today. We have been so ready to do this. We, every year, will do a preventative care, um, and we reach out to our community to try and help keep women out of unplanned pregnancies. So this year we're doing it way different. COVID has kind of switched gears. Podcast has become super popular. So we're super excited to be here with you and we can't wait to launch this new um, step in our pregnancy resource center. We Um, When I started at ABC, I went to Becky, our executive director, and I gave her my heart. And my heart was that we need to talk to parents. Um, We are talking to our children, but they're not listening. And so parents need to be more involved. And so we are here today not as professionals. We do not know it all. No parent knows it all we're not perfect. I'm just a mother of four children and three of them are in the heart of teenage years. And so I'm right here with you. I'm going to be learning from Stephanie today as well. And so I am so excited to hear from her. She is a Principal. She's a co-owner, co-founder of um, LCA, Life Christian Academy in Sulphur, Louisiana. She's also the best-selling author of Shatter the Box. And if you have not got a copy, I highly recommend it. So, Stephanie... We're so happy to have you today.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, yeah, so I um, am, like you said, the mm-hmm. co-founder and principal at Life Christian Academy in Sulphur. We um, have been around for a little over a decade, and we started with just three kids, um, three students, just family, and we've now grown to over um, next this upcoming year, we'll have over four hundred. Wow. So it's been wild transition. So I've been able to work with preteens with junior high age kids, um, and I've been in some sort of youth ministry for um, well over a decade. So a little bit of what I have to offer just is from that experience, mm-hmm. but um, I'm hoping that I can help shed some light on a few things for yes. parents. It's yes. something I do every day. So, Yes,
0: yes. So we knew she was perfect when I started reading her book. It's all about identity. So today we are going to talk on how can we as parents, educators, Teachers, grandparents, single moms, single dads, all of you, we're talking to everyone out there who has a child of any age. Um, of course, this is specifically for our teen parents, but we believe that identity starts from birth. Yeah. And so, how can we as parents best help our children find their identity? Not us find their identity for them. Right. How can we help them find that? So, um, to start this off, uh, how do you think we as parents can help our children and our teens find their own identity? Well,
1: I think just what you said to start with is really key in knowing, like, it's not just the parents. It's not just the people who have them all day, every day. Yeah. Finding people who, if you invest in a child's life in any capacity, mm-hmm. if you have, um, especially, like you said, teenagers, because that is the main focus. But if you have teenagers in your life in any capacity, whether you're an aunt, an, an uncle, a, a grandparent, anything, they are, It it takes a village, you know, and so really just finding people and and being a part of investing in them. Um, But like you said, for some, even having kids that are at a very early age, seeing things, I think we all see things in people. You know, so kids are in the kids that we're around or the people that we're around or in our own kids from a parent's perspective. We all see kids and we see things that make them unique, I think that really one of the big things is calling those things out. When you Mm -hmm. see something that looks different in a child, calling it out in a positive light, because more times than not, those things that look different, our strengths are also our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you see a kid who's quote, unquote, bossy, you know, you may, they may hear that all the time. Stop being so bossy. Quit being, you know, if you see them and say, you know what, like you have a gift of leadership, like you're able, people follow you And when you lead them, whether or not they're leading them in a positive way or not, you know, people who have a gift of leadership, that's a gift they have. And so you may be the first time that that child has ever heard the things that make them different in a positive way. And mm-hmm. speaking that into them, it doesn't matter if they're 2 or if they're 14. You know, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really matter. If you start speaking those things into them, words are powerful. And yeah. so speaking the things into them I think is huge. When you see something in them, call it out. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe someone talks too much, but maybe they have the gift of, you know, communication. You communicate so well. Speak those things into them, and it may be the first time, and it may be something that sparks something in them to see. You know what? The things that God put in me are on purpose, for purpose, yes, and yes. and you may be the first time that that person, that child, has ever heard that. So a huge part of identity comes from things that are spoken, mm-hmm. and sometimes it is, unfortunately, in a negative light. You know, yeah. you'll never amount to anything. Your parents were this way. You know, your mom was alcoholic. Your dad was an alcoholic. Whatever it is, and so you're going to be that way, and so they take that on as their identity. Um, and so just really trying to offset that with positive i yes. think is huge for yeah. for establishing identity especially at such an early age it starts exactly. like you said very yeah. very early yeah yeah
0: i mean from the time they're born god get, told us that our tongue is the most powerful <laughs> thing we have and words have life and so if we can speak life into our children and even ask god for a word for your child or for what is their calling um, yeah. and just speak that over them it is it's so important um Um, you know, and I'm not perfect at it every day and I'm sure a lot of us aren't, but, um, like I have a four year old, he's very, very strong willed. Um, and I'm having to learn that this is going to be his, his, his thing
1: one day, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: how can I nurture that? So how can I make that and a well-rounded strong will
1: and seeing his strong will as something, you know, when he has truths that he believes, Mm -hmm. he's going to stand firm in that he's not going to be swayed. And so speaking even into him, you know, saying, you know what, God, gave you such an amazing gift of being strong and not being swayed by, you know, the world and things that are, so I love seeing that you don't, you know, you don't buckle to yeah. things and, 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 starting to see like, oh my gosh, this child's making me crazy mm-hmm. in this yeah. moment, <laughs> but I know that it's a strength that God's given him. And so if I can start to help him to see it in a positive light, even those things, everything, it yeah. can be a, can be a positive thing. If, if you look at, if you look for it and speaking, yeah. speaking that into them. Exactly. Him,
0: so. Exactly. So, um, some, uh, one other thing is what great ways, uh, to help us find our children's identity are like you said earlier, the love language book and Mm -hmm. things like that. So as parents, we do the best we can to help out our teens, um,
1: find their identity. But in your opinion, why is identity so important? I mean, I personally think identity, knowing who you are, I mean, we as adults, I mean, I talk to so many adults who struggle with it still, like, who am I? What's my purpose? What am I here for? All of those things. There's so much pressure on that. I think for adults, we see yeah. that kind of happen. But if you can find who I am and walking confidently in who I am and and knowing, you know what, it's not about like, am I supposed to do go to the left or am I supposed to go to the right? And if I go to the left, is it going to be ruined my whole life and all the stress of all of those things? Honestly, it's so much simpler than that. If you know who you are and you know the value that you bring. Um, to the world. it helps in every single area. and I know a huge focus is you know, teen pregnancy and helping you know, preventative things. And I think all of that goes back to walking confidently in who you are, you know and knowing that who I am is enough um, because who God created me to be is enough mm-hmm. and who you say I am isn't going to affect that.
0: So as parents, we do the best we can to help our children find identities. So in your opinion, um, why is this so important?
1: I think identity and purpose and, and knowing what you bring to the world, what you bring mm-hmm. to the table, you know, is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they every single thing every, that, that teens struggle with, that we struggle with in adulthood – almost every single time it goes back to being to knowing who you are to knowing your Absolutely. identity to being strong in that and so as parents starting to see that at a younger age at an early age and really just again speaking into those things um, helping them to to know I mean ultimately to know how to seek God to know what mm-hmm. does God say about you when those thoughts come in that are like you're not enough you know your your dad was this way and so you're gonna be this way your grandpa was this way those generational things things that people are going to speak over Them those negative words, when if they can learn, you know what this is what God says about me, and He says that I am enough, that He that He you know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that I you know all of these these truths that God says about me, it's going to help them in every way to not be swayed by you know by peer pressure and you know, things that come along, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. When they walk confidently in who they are, they're not going to be swayed. Most of the time when when kids, when teenagers, when we as adults are swayed into doing things and it's because we don't really know who we are. And so helping them to say, you know what, this is who, who I am and who God created me to be. And that's enough. Yeah. Um, I don't need to try to prove myself. So yeah. when you see, especially young women, young girls, teenage girls um give themselves and, and and do those things you know to other to guys so the first guy who you know people say that all the time the first guy who showed them any attention mm-hmm. they you know they they gave themselves to them um if they knew their value if they truly knew how God sees them how we see them as parents um Even when it's awkward, I think that teenagers, especially junior high, that age, they're starting to really search for their identity. And so you start to say, like, you're amazing, and they roll their eyes, and they're annoyed, and they don't want to do, you know. If we really can just push through that, you know, and say, you know what, yes, you are. Like, you are these things and speak truth over them even when they're not looking for it for themselves, I mean, even when they're not you know, reading yeah. their Bible or they're not doing, speaking those truths into their life, words are powerful again. And so in being that, helping them to find not who I think you are because I'm your mom and I know you can make these grades or I know you can, but, but who God says you are. And, yeah. and it's because it's truth. And that truth is living and breathing and it is the word of God and speaking that into them is powerful. And it helps them to figure out, you know what, I need. I'm living a life that pleases God. I don't yeah. need to please this guy or this girl or my yeah, friend who wants really me to good. do drugs or wants me to do. You know, I want to. I want to please up for an audience of one. And and so helping them to find that at an earlier age is going to help them. I think in every every area, Absolutely. even as adults, moving in. You know, moving forward. So
0: yeah. So you got to set a baseline. Mm-hmm. You know, very early on. And so that's kind of why we're here. You know, we want to make sure that we're setting them up for success. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Today, the world's gone kind of crazy sometimes (laughs) in some places. And um, what do you find as an educator, as a principal, as the founder of a school, uh, you go around and talk to other educators. So what are you seeing in our youth that maybe we aren't seeing at home um, that is just some dangerous areas simply because these kids don't have their identity met?
1: I think that it goes two things. The The number one thing that I see is obviously is that depression, anxiety, suicide, those, those giving up way mm-hmm. too soon. It's, yeah. it's huge right now. Um, and it's probably obviously the biggest thing in my world that I see is just like, why are you in sixth grade? wanting to take your life i don't understand you know um and it's just so prevalent right now Mm -hmm. um there is just this whole count cancel culture and this whole you know um thing that's just really driving obviously social media and things not living up to the expectations of this you know someone else's yeah yeah and you know on stage to comparing your behind the scenes to that and so there is this whole idea of of just a goes back to identity and not feeling valuable and so wanting ultimately to take your life or you know finding something that will fulfill you and so I think that the biggest, I think the biggest fear that I see, the biggest thing that I see right now is just that idea of like, I'm not valuable. I'm not worth, it's not worth living anymore. Um, And, but what I see is that starts so young. And I think that parents, when we, as a mom of four, you know, we start to think our kids are young and they may not really be, when we were growing up, and Mm it sounds like, you know, yeah. But um, yeah, know. when we were growing we're that up, old, I, th- I know, gosh, <laughs> but I think our parents were able to, if they wanted to regulate what we were exposed to, they were able yeah, to, Absolutely. um, not that every parent cared, but I mean, you know, a lot of us did have parents were, you can't watch this, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. And we felt like all these things. Well, now they have access to every single thing that they could ever want in a tablet or in a phone, Mm -hmm. you know? And so really they start to have that comparison, have those things that do play a part in that. And it starts so early. So I would say the biggest thing is going to be that anxiety, depression, you know, not valuing who they are not knowing who they are and it's it's something that we see kids that are really amazing and and you don't understand why can't you see that in yourself but it's because those things haven't been spoken over them they haven't been encouraged they haven't and so then they get to this awkward teen stage you know and One thing, that I know we're talking to parents, and so one thing that I see from talking to teenagers, and I see it over and over and over, is they get to this age where it's easier, and this is just a practical Mm -hmm. kind of thing, but they get to this age where they can technically stay home by themselves because they're old enough now you know earlier you're dragging them to the grocery store you're dragging them to grandma's because they can't stay home by themselves there's no other option so i'm just gonna make them get in the car you know um one of the things that i see a lot and when i'm when i really get to the heart of a teenager i hear this over and over Is like my family doesn't even care like they don't care if i'm with them they don't care if i go with them and and i know your parents i know they care about you so i don't understand why you think that um And, you know, it's because they're going to grandma's and they ask if you want to go and you say you don't. So they just say, fine, stay home. Those little things to, to a teenager mean they don't care if I go or not. And so one of the things I really encourage parents to do is push through that. Say, you know what, I really want you to be with me. And if they're huffing and puffing and frustrated about it, ultimately you don't see that they see it as my parents really love me and want me to be with them. Yeah. Um, even when it's awkward, even when you don't know what to talk about, even if you're riding in silence, bring them with you. Quality time is when they know that they are loved by someone and maybe they don't have two parents maybe it's a single mom and you're feeling like you got to be you got to be both of those things for yeah, them yeah. maybe you feel like it, i'm a grandma and they they need their mom or they need their dad and i can't You can invest in them for them to know that someone out there cares about me, whether it is aunt, uncle, grandma. It doesn't matter. Pouring into them, knowing that there is a human on this planet who cares about me and wants to be with me, wants to throw the football with me, wants to be, you know, I, I see parents so often who say you know single moms and they're like they need a dad they need they need him and there there's bitterness and there's frustration because of abandonment or because of things that you know they need that they need a you know a man to take them you know, fishing yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. I don't know. Um, I can fish. You know, you, I don't like to bake the hook. But. If you, yeah, <laughs> I don't like any of it. So very, <laughs> but, uh, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really, honestly, it's meeting them where they are, meeting those kids. Go play that video game with them. You know, it seems so silly and almost like petty. Like it's like, yeah. you don't want to do those. It means the world. And it is huge in giving them that solid foundation because they're they're giving themselves to, to people, you know, whether it's sex, drugs, violence, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're giving themselves to that because it's where they're accepted. It's where they feel like they fit. Yeah. So creating a space where they fit is going to help them in, in establishing their identity yeah. and pushing through those awkward years. I would say those junior high yeah. years huh. where you feel like they're just staring at you. They don't want to be with you anyway. Why does it matter? It's so much easier to leave them home. Mm-hmm. I get it. It is easier and it would be, you know, so you're like, they hate easier. me. They. don't want to be around me I'm doing them a favor by letting them stay you're not and I see it over and over when you really get to the heart of them They just want to be wanted. They're little kids Mm -hmm. inside of this body that doesn't look little anymore. And so it's this awkward thing that we as parents have to push through. We have to say, I don't care. I'm going to hug you anyway. And if you pull away, I still love you. And um, because ultimately what I see is kids, then they get into those high school years, or they get into those and they'll say, you know, remember when we did this? And remember when you, you know, and I'm like, you hated that. Like you looked at me like (laughs) I was ridiculous when I did that. But to them, it was a moment. They don't know how to show yeah. that those yeah. feelings of being accepted and being wanted. And the more we can do that for the kids in our lives at an early age, the more it's going to help them to establish, look, you know what? I am loved yeah. by not only God, because that's hard for them to understand. It's mm-hmm. hard for all of us to understand. But I'm loved by a human on earth, you yeah. know? And so I don't have to Try fall to the first person yeah. who, who accepts me because I'm already accepted. So yeah. I think that that's huge. That is huge. Um,
0: when you, I heard you somewhere else say that about you know make the teenager come with you, and mm-hmm. you um, you were preaching to me. <laughs> so you know, as I say, we're I'm here learning with you. Yeah. And so yes, it you do have to be intentional about making them come with you yeah. and do things because they're lazy and they don't yeah. want to anymore, mm-hmm. and you're not cool anymore. Yeah. And we don't like as parents not being cool. That's not okay. And so. Um, so it is. I have also been told before to go sit in the room with my kid while he played video games. I think he would probably mm-hmm. be like, what are you doing, yeah. stalker? But but I have. I always pop my head in and, you know, yeah. to just let him know I'm there. there. Just knowing, hey, I know you're still stuck in this room, but yeah. I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so yes, it is finding things that they think are important and you finding it important, whether you like whether it Whether you not. care or not. Yeah, yeah, you don't care, but you care about them. And so it's all about finding... You know, you if you want somebody to come to the opera with you because you just love opera, that's not me. But I'm yeah, just <laughs> throwing that out there, um, then they probably feel the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. so that is very true and so 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 missed. Yeah, you know. Um, so we've talked about how to help them find their identity, why it's important, how we can nurture that. Um, but what are some great ways that we as parents and educators grandparents and everything else, help them find their identity in Christ.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The biggest thing, and we say this all the time, we started a few years ago having an eighth grade. We would take our eighth graders on a retreat every year. And it started out of a place of this. They need Jesus. Like they need Mm -hmm. to encounter Jesus. And we've now started to do that all the time. And I know not everybody has those opportunities, but like getting them involved in a youth group whether again and I know I'm saying this from a place of I'm not trying to get you to torture your teenager I'm saying this from a place of I have seen kids kid after kid after kid really see the things that matter that you'd be like wait you care about that that's weird you know I never would think that you would care about that you know An encounter with Jesus, whatever that looks like. Ninety four percent of people in their lifetime who come to know Jesus do so before they turn eighteen. Ninety four percent. That's huge. So getting them at an early age to really meet Jesus mm-hmm. and really encounter his presence is so vital. Yeah. So whether or not it is plugging into a church who is a life giving church, plugging into a youth group, bringing them to summer church camps, bringing them to places where they can truly encounter the presence of God it is the only thing that can truly change them we can preach at them all day long read your Bible you need to worship you need to do but until they truly feel his presence and understand that he's real yeah. and he wants a relationship with them and he wants to encounter them in their bedroom and meet them I gave my life to, to Jesus in my parents backyard in the pouring rain and I it was a moment of I'm either going to commit suicide or God you're going to show up and it was traumatic and I I was 16, and it was this crazy moment. But I wasn't in a church. I wasn't yeah. in um, those things. But it was because my parents had poured foundation. me in, mm-hmm. poured into me. I knew how to accept Jesus. I'd heard it a thousand times. Yeah. I knew how to because of those moments, so that when God did show up in my life. I knew how. I knew how to pray. I knew how because I had seen it modeled so many times. And so just being consistent, getting them in church and going with them, being there with them when, you know, um, but also trusting that when you send them to things, youth, you know, youth events, things like that, giving them an opportunity to encounter the presence of God could, because it's the only thing that can sustain them. It's the only thing that, that will change their life. And so whatever that looks like, dig into it, plug in, get with your pastor, talk with them, get involved in a life giving church, pour into them because they need to experience the presence of God. There's, there is nothing else that getting them to experience God for themselves, mm-hmm. you can only live off of your parents' you know, relationship for so long, for yeah. so long until that umbrella kind of falls yeah. away, mm-hmm. you know? And so then you have to do it for yourself and really understanding the statistics of this timeline that you have to where if they haven't, it's not that they can't mm-hmm. encounter God later, but if they've truly never met with God, then you see those college years where a lot of times they do fall away or they, you know, but then they they'll come back yeah. because they felt his presence and they know he's real, and they yeah. know. Um, so, I would say that's the biggest thing is giving them an opportunity, setting them up to encounter God's presence is absolutely vital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so true. Um, he is, God is the only one who's going to meet us in our darkness Mm -hmm. and in our loneliness. Um, and normally when you're suicidal, you know, I mean, you can read her story in her book, but you were in a shed by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so normally whenever you're going to be in that moment where it's either, you're going to take your life or you're going to live, um, you're all alone. And Mm -hmm. so the only person who can, penetrate, right that moment is going to be God mm-hmm. um, because it's all a spiritual warfare right. and so it's very important and that, I mean, that's kind of the goal of all of this is just how important it is that we put God, not back in our schools, but in our, our families yeah, in our life, homes home. and in our lives and it's not just going to church on Sunday, right. it's a relationship it's an everyday relationship and relationships take work, so I am so happy with everything we talked about today i hope that it helps i hope that it resonated in some of you if you have any questions we would love for you to like comment reach out stephanie would love to answer i would love to answer we have lots of great resources here we're also going to get some of her books that she says it's about education (laughs) i'm only about 50 percent of the way through but this thing is an identity book so if you are an educator in your home you yeah, are you your child. child's best educator mm-hmm. you might not be teaching two plus two is four right? but you are teaching them who they are how they're going to live mm-hmm. and what they're going to do so we I highly recommend her book thank she's a bestseller, so you may already have it <laughs> if you haven't read it yet pick it up um, and thank you again thank for you coming so much for having thank you me. for nurturing my baby at school <laughs> and we just are so grateful for stephanie and so just don't forget we're coming back at you tomorrow we'll be talking about um i believe our topic tomorrow is relationships with brady and kayla yes yes i'm in a communications class and she did a speech on marriage and i was like yep she's the one that's who we're doing and so you're gonna love them yes um so that'll be here tomorrow morning, and we can't wait to spend that morning with you and talk to you about relationships. So have a great awesome. day, and Thank thanks you for so spending much. your morning with us at A Better Choice Podcast.